I know so little about technology. <laughs> I really do feel like I was born in the wrong time and in the wrong place. I agree that you were born wrongly. I think I would have been great like 40 years ago. So I watched 8-Bit Christmas. Every time you tell me that, I forget what that movie was about. Because <laughs> I've seen no marketing. It's Netflix, right? No, it was uh, HBO Max. Oh. And it was... Tell me Adam Sandler was in it. No. It was said to be produced by the people who created Elf. And it had all of the lookings of being this amazing, whimsical Christmas movie. The new Elf. Like, that could be, yeah, potentially an instant classic. The premise is that it's 1987 or 88. You already have that classic, yeah. what's known as the modern popular throwback time period. The best time in human history. Yeah. The late 80s. Got it. Truly the golden age for it's culture. It's following Neil Patrick Harris talking to his daughter in the Now Times about when he was a boy in the late 80s trying to get a Nintendo entertainment system for Christmas. And So it's told storybook style? Yes. Like Princess Bride. And just like the movie A Christmas Story, his parents were like, no, you know, video games will make you a moron, like that kind of thing. And so my parents still shoot your eye out. <laughs> I know. You'll game your eye out. And look what you are now. A moron. <laughs> yeah, and then in the past, Steve Zahn plays his father, and he's hilarious. The movie was okay. It wasn't as instant classic as I would have hoped, but it had all of the makings. They really, I think, tried to make it a classic. And it might be something that I return to in the future. I'm not sure. But all that to say... It's Christmas time. The holiday season is upon us. Yeah. Uh, movies are happening. Shows are beginning and ending. Love is in the air. And this movie about the original Nintendo is a perfect segue into what the heck we're talking about today. Yes. Which for me is so personal. Very precious to you. And precious, just like Arcane was to you. Mm. <laughs> but today we're going to be talking about this video game that came out three years ago to the day mm -hmm. today on December 7th. So not only was Pearl Harbor bombed on December 7th, but many, many years later on, in, wow. 20, in 2018. What a connection. In 2018. Well, it's a very famous. Are you saying the, that? Because the day was, that will live in infamy. Yeah. Right. It was, was it because the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor and the Japanese I didn't even go there made Nintendo you went there <laughs> I can't believe that wasn't what you were thinking no it wasn't but I <laughs> I get it uh, but many years later 2018 December 7th this iteration of a Nintendo classic title called Super Smash Brothers yes and this one is called Ultimate is the episode that we're doing today because a few weeks ago about a little over a month ago the final downloadable character came out and it is now said to be finished theme mm -hmm. no more downloadable content no more dlc so i thought what a great time it would be to talk about one of my favorite games not even just specifically smash ultimate but all the iterations of the game so here's a quick history of smash brothers games
Let's go back to the Nintendo Entertainment System. Or the NES for short. I think that even predates me. Yeah, oh, for sure it does. <laughs> um, it was originally released in 1983 overseas and eventually made its way over here. It took years to make it really till its popularity, which is why the time is a little hard to narrow down. Hmm. But late 80s is when it became popular and it started to, said to be like the best video game system. Was that Nintendo's first console? Yeah. Oh. NES. Wow. Nintendo Entertainment System, rising to popularity in the late 80s in America. Thus, 8-Bit Christmas was made. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then in 1990, in November, Super Nintendo came out, which Ooh. was the next iteration of Nintendo. And thus began the trend for the idea that there will always be a new expansion on an older version of a console. And Nintendo has had a rich history of creating very interesting consoles. Not all of them have been successful. But after SNES... Uh, Nintendo 64 came out, a.k.a. N64. And that was when, in 1999, the first iteration of the Super Smash Brothers game came out. And it was 64-bit, which, again, take that all the way back to 8-bit, which was Nintendo. It went from 8 to 16 to 64. And it was the first time that all of the most popular Nintendo characters were fighting each other in this one game. First game had, like, 10, was it? 12? 12. And this was my first introduction into the game. I was really into Pokemon at the time. Um, oh, yeah. I might still be. But I saw that Pikachu was a playable character. And I was like, wow, I'd love to control Pikachu. And so I was really intrigued in Smash Brothers for that reason. And I started playing it and just fell in love immediately. For those of you that don't know, Smash Brothers is a third-person fighting style game. Yeah. And the rules are as such. The more you attack your opponent, their percentage rises. The higher their percentage is, usually capping out around 100%. It makes them more likely to fly off the screen. Fly off the screen. <laughs> and the whole point is to knock them off of the stage. Usually there's a stage floating somewhere in the air. And the whole point is to kill your opponent by knocking them off the screen or off the stage. They could fall down. They could fly off the screen. Mm -hmm. So then the higher the percentage, the more likely they are to get knocked off. So that's the whole premise. And again, they have classic Nintendo characters um, such as Mario, Donkey Kong, uh, Samus from the Metroid games, Pokemon. Kirby. Kirby. Yep. Yoshi. Link from Zelda. Oh. So you're having all of these very classic Nintendo heroes playing and dueling it out in this one game. It was a children's dream. And it was originally marketed as a party game, but very soon from the bitter rivalries that we all have in our youth just became the competition fest of who can outdo one another, which character is the best, you know, how do you defeat these insane off-balanced move sets? My brother and I classically just had this bitter rivalry between him playing Kirby and me playing Pikachu. Both of them have their strengths, both of them have their weaknesses, and it felt like I was in this prison of never <laughs> being able to to outdo him. But so then there are multiple iterations that came out after that. So that was in 1999. Then in 2001, Smash Brothers Melee came out, which was the next iteration of the game and had better graphics, had more characters. That was on GameCube? And that was on GameCube, yes. Yep. And then about seven years later, the Nintendo Wii came out, and that was in 2008, and that was when the Smash Brothers Brawl came out, and that was a launch title. Um, I think Melee was as well for GameCube, but that was a launch title for the Wii. And then in 2014, there was this really strange thing that happened where Nintendo tried to release a new console by calling it an upgrade for 
the previous console, which was the Wii, and they call it the Wii U. The marketing was very strange. It didn't really have a lot better hardware or um, specs or unique things about it to make it its own console, Nintendo console. Wasn't it handheld, though, like the Switch? It was a mixture of both. There was like a handheld aspect to it, but it also had its own piece of hardware that was attached to the television. Right. And simultaneously, this iteration of Smash, which nobody really knows the name of, came out for this console in 2014. And it came out simultaneously for the Wii U and for what Game Boy eventually became, which was the 3DS which was a handheld Nintendo device. You know, people played that and it was a little bit fun for about three to four years. And then in 2018, uh, December 7th, like I said, Smash Ultimate came out for the Nintendo Switch, which is the most current iteration of a Nintendo console. And Smash Ultimate, it was said to be the best version of the game. The greatest game ever made. The most <laughs> ultimate version of Super Smash Brothers. It was to include every character from every iteration of the game. It was to make the speed of attacks and the speed of the game faster, which makes it a lot more fun for the people who play it, especially going back to people's favorite iteration of Smash, which was Melee up to this point, which was the second iteration from GameCube. The game that still has a thriving scene, like in, in, oh, in yeah. eSport to this yeah. day. Yes. And ter- like, at least compared to the rest of the industry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the eSports aspect, you know, people do play this game competitively and professionally, both Melee and Ultimate. You know, to the detriment of Sakurai, the creator, uh, because, again, he wanted it to be a party game and sort of a a gimmicky kind of fun thing. But people, they love to compete. And so there's a there's a large, huge competitive nature to this game that runs deep in my blood. Yeah. And a lot of blood and in a lot of people's blood who have some sort of history with this game. It's very nostalgic because Mm -hmm. it goes all the way back to the late 90s with N64. And so for a lot of the younger generation and my generation, it hails back to something very deep rooted for them. Nostalgia. Yes. Nostalgia wise. It's funny because it's kind of looked down upon in the fighting game community mm. as far as an esport goes like mm. it's it's like the little brother of the fighting you have like <laughs> street fighter mortal Kombat, tekken and then everyone else is like oh there's a smash tournament happening as well but it's probably the biggest one there is yeah a lot of people might roll in their predetermined graves by hearing you say that but <laughs> they're predetermined graves what do you mean <laughs> <clears throat> that it's like looked down upon well people people like don't take it seriously if, if you play like other fighting games older fighting games yeah and i think that's that's kind of the whole the whole conversation is like you know there's this aspect that is marketed that it's this campy sort of fun party party game kids game and then there's this whole like i mean it's not very seedy but it's like this underground like like competitive (laughs) smash community that where professionals are making money playing this game and being very good at this game yeah there's this really interesting online documentary based around smash melee and like talks about the whole Smash community and how you have all these very classic players that have just gained a large traction and following, and now they're just known as these top-tier Smash players. The community's also had a lot of problems. Well, a lot of things have had <laughs> sort of a Me Too movement. But the thing about Smash is that it, it does skew a younger audience, so there have been a handful of kind of scandals that have come come out. Yeah, but yeah. Well, but that doesn't take away from the game. No, it doesn't. Anyway, so with all that being said, this is where we find ourselves today. And um, I have done some journalism. Yeah, I have a specific group of people that I play Smash with more or less frequently or infrequently. 
and there's, I don't know, five to 10 of them. And I have invited all of them on the podcast today to talk about it with us. Ambitious. And we have people calling in from different places. Different times. Different times. (laughs) So this is going to be a little bit of a Frankenstein episode, but here we go. So welcome, everybody. This is my Smash group. And can each of you maybe say your name and who do you main? Maybe who you main... As a secondary? My name is Trevor Gerard, and I main Snake. Snake? I would say, as far as main and second main, third main, I think about it more like this. If I'm really competitive, I'm using Snake. It's super interesting. It's fun. It's challenging. If I really just need a win, I go for King DDD. King DDD! That's kind of party mode. It's fun. It's easier to kill. He's just a blast. And then... I also really love using Richter. Richter! And he kind of is a little more experimental for me. I'm not as good with him. So he becomes my challenging new toy. Okay, I'm Scott. And historically, going back to the N64 days, Link. Link! And that has evolved. Probably more recently, it's weird piranha plant. Piranha plant! And and then probably Larry. Larry! Larry is, uh, he's my other weird lightweight boy mm. that I do. Yeah. Why do you pick the weird ones? I pick the ones that I feel like I have a variety of options at my disposal. So Prana Plant, you can be hitting them with the poison and all of a sudden switch it up with trying to do the spike ball thing. And I also like guarding, edge guarding, and Prana Plant has like four different tactics that you could use for edge guarding. Edge guarding is... One of the techniques used in Smash, trying to prevent characters from coming back to the map. Uh, you go. Uh, my name is Scott Hendricks, and I... Friend of the cast? Yep. Uh, Pokemon trainer? Pokemon trainer! Would be who I main. Oh, uh, yeah. And who else? Uh, it's a tough choice. I'd say in most recent games, probably Jigglypuff. Jigglypuff! So, the Pokemon cast. <laughs> hey, I'm Kingsley, and I main Link. Link! And when I want to troll, I main Luigi. Luigi! Uh, when you want to troll or when you want to lose? Yeah, I guess I should say when I want to win, I play Luigi. <laughs> My name is Jack Thomas, and I main Ike. Ike! And do you have any secondary or third mains? Uh, I've been trying out some Ganondorf. Ganondorf! And I've been trying out some Samus. Samus! With limited success, uh, I try to main beefier characters and then uh, just try to hammer people. <laughs> Something of a rookie. So I try to pick characters with maybe just kind of a couple core movesets that don't take too long and then focus more on just trying to read the other person. I like Samus a lot for the ranged effect. I think you kind of have to have characters that do something a little different. So if you need to kind of rebalance and choose someone else when you're playing, you can have like another option. But I really don't play a whole lot. I don't have a lot of experience with all the different characters. So I haven't tried a lot, to be honest. All right. My name is Scott Haddad, and I main generally whatever game that I am playing during that time. So I've gone through Mario. Mario! Bowser. Bowser! Incineroar. Incineroar! Link. Link! When Breath of the Wild was out, I did Little Mac. Little Mac! For a little bit. I've done pretty much 
half of the characters. Ugh, I almost had a visceral reaction when you just said Bowser. I forgot how much I hate your Bowser. I stopped playing Bowser because my win record was like something absurdly good playing online. So I actually retired him because I didn't want it to get worse because people start figuring it out. I think that's why I have a fairly decent online record is because I just am always changing my character. So it's harder to catch on to uh, what I might be doing or have planned. And now we get to this guy who mains stupid ass Ness. Ness! (laughs) (laughs) My name is John. And I regret to inform you that I play against a boy who plays Little Mac, and uh, it's really taking a toll on me psychologically, physically, all of the above. And now I'm just, um, I don't know who I mean or what I do. Uh, can you repeat your name again? Yeah, yeah John. Can you listen to the audio <laughs> clip of Peak of Fire? And who do you mean? Uh, you know, I would say it's actually more so uh, what we call a space boy. Which is uh, Fox, Fox, Wolf, Wolf, Falco, Falco. Because you guys complain a lot about Ness when I beat you with him, so that's why I had to make that. Life all right, decision. who's next? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you guys are all. <laughs> Brian. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Who are you? Who do you mean? My name is Brian, and I guess my main would be Cloud. Cloud. Who'd you play in Melee? Oh, okay, so Melee's a difficult decision. So, my main would technically probably be Falco. Falco! But I rarely ever used him because he was too good. So, when I played in college, my first game would be Zelda. Zelda! Slash Sheik. Sheik! The second game would be Dr. Mario. Dr. Mario! And third game would be Ness. Ness! And if I lost any of those games, Falco would be next because I didn't want to lose twice in a row. Then I, but I tried to use like every character. I didn't like main anyone really. Yep. But if you're playing tournaments, you have to use a main or you can't do anything, which is another reason why it's not fun because I want to <laughs> use every character because there's like 75 what million characters now and I want to use them all. I don't want to have to use only one character that I can. Okay, so... <laughs> What Brian's describing here is that there really technically are two different ways to play this game. One is very competitively, which is like a 1v1 situation. And the other is sort of this party game style where there's objects that are included. There's final smashes that are really hard to avoid and will essentially just knock you off the stage. And Brian likes to play the latter. You think you understand me, but you really don't. It's very funny how much you think you understand me and how much you actually don't. The game that I play is a completely different game from the game that you guys play. Yeah, because Sakurai, who is essentially the god of the game, the director of the game, he's always said that he intended it to be sort of this party style Correct. game. Correct. I love Sakurai. He's my boy. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. I don't want to play with you guys because you guys guys see Ken and Mewtwo King on YouTubes or whatever and you say oh we want to be like them let's play tournament style no items final D that's the whole game and there's like 99% of the game that you guys don't play and it's ridiculous (laughs) yeah I mean we should probably talk about Sakurai Uh, Masahiro Sakurai is like I said he's sort of the god but the game designer of all the Smash Brothers games he's been the director and everything sort of just goes through him and he famously has always wanted it to be a part Party game. People get together, they smash each other, (laughs) 
and then you know move on he's always been sort of against the tournament style where you take away all the items you take away the stage hazards uh, because there's always like a tornado or something happening and then you know people just fight like i said 1v1 and it's more based like purely off skill that way i'm pretty sure he did all the games from n64 which was the first smash brothers game up to this point yeah i think he i think he's always been in charge and now i think this is the end of it with him yeah 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 which is great (laughs) (laughs) yeah sakurai is um a japanese hot boy who has a lot of plastic surgery who fell out of touch with what gamers actually want like i don't know 20 years ago and now he's just, I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't want anyone fighting in his fighting game. Sakurai is a, a genius a boy. <laughs> little Japanese boy who has not aged. Uh, but I seriously, I do feel uh, indebted to him. And I feel bad for him because I know he's worked super hard and overworked himself. And I feel like he does it out of like a genuine passion for the project and the fans. So I feel very much indebted and attached to him. You just made John feel like a dick. (laughs) I'd stand by what I said. You're indebted and attached because that's what he wants you to be. And so you really don't like him, do you? I mean, I don't know, man. He has purposely reduced the competitive nature of the game. And it's a fighting game. How do you get past that, you know? When you say that, what do you mean? Can you just give one example? Oh, I mean, Nintendo has, up until now, completely abandoned Smash as, like, a competitive game in terms of, like, tournament structure and whatnot. But he's also, like, very outright against it being a one-versus-one, no-items, minimal stage selection game. Like in the professional. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, yeah, yep. where people are making money doing this. Yeah, or what you just consider competitive. And he is not about that. He thinks that's like counter to what he has created. So. Ugh, gross. <laughs> I mean, there's competitiveness in trying to win each game, but like everyone has a chance. It's not like me playing tom and literally losing every single game that's not fun i actually had fun playing smash 4 with haddad because i felt like we were very evenly matched so playing him one-on-one was the only fun i ever had playing one-on-ones i actually like smash 4 whatever you want to call it and i like ultimate but i just don't have anyone to play with so i don't play him the way that you want to play exactly we got to say though that sakurai did create kirby and kid icarus and kirby is the cutest thing i've ever seen in my damn life <laughs> he created the kirby games yes let's get some fact check <laughs> <laughs> that's why kirby survives in the opening cinematic for ultimate what are you guys's earliest memories with smash what was the first smash game that you were introduced to the first time i ever played smash was probably like in college i kind of missed out on the video game experience growing up so i didn't really start until college and then just kind of here and there. Ultimate was really the first one I actually ever purchased. And then um, I don't think I'm that good at video games, but I'm good at reading other people. And so I just focus on that. (laughs) My first Smash experience was the original Nintendo 64 Smash. It was amazing. It had never been done. It was mind blowing. We all just couldn't believe it was real. We couldn't believe that Nintendo had brought all these characters into one game, but but even more so into 3D. It was crazy. I hated the Nintendo 64 version and never played it. It wasn't until Melee that I got hooked. 
when I started crushing <laughs> i.e. my two brothers <laughs> uh, i was into it day one basically yeah n64 yeah and were you playing Ness back then too oh yeah <laughs> yeah i was n64 i remember the commercial coming out and i remember wanting to get it and going to my friend's house and peeing my pants a little bit at his house playing it late into the night many nights uh nintendo 64 for myself but i didn't start getting decent at the game until melee so nintendo 64 was the first foray king why were you against 64 okay so i should clarify i <laughs> like 64 for the variety of the cast the characters and seeing all the uh, nintendo characters i love come together and fight each other but i didn't think that it was a very good fighting game it wasn't until the speed and fluidity of melee that i was actually like really got hooked the best part about Smash is that it's Smash. Mm. You can come back to it regardless of what game it is, I feel like. Mm. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> People think I'm this melee guy. I don't I mean I hated Brawl, but no, yeah, Smash Ultimate's a fine game. I would play it if I had people to play with, but yeah. I don't. So like But that's the best melee. part about Smash. It's Smash regardless of what game it is, you know. Mm. No. You guys are playing a completely different game that I don't want to play, and I don't have anyone left to play it with, so I <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. play it anymore. Okay, okay. We get we get it. I would say Melee was probably definitely obviously the best as far as speed of the game goes and probably skill-wise. But I think this one was probably the most fun for me because I owned it. First one I've owned. Got a lot of friends <laughs> that came on and played and the roster is just huge. I like having a big roster even though I don't like half the characters. It's still fun having you know the option and the choice. Even though you just play Little Mac. <laughs> <laughs> just want to confirm that Little Mac is the character of all the characters only when Haddad plays them and Steven <laughs> so what do you guys think about uh, Smash Ultimate specifically on the Nintendo Switch and uh, how does it compare to past Nintendo outings yeah I've been a Nintendo fan since Super Nintendo and I've been pretty loyal and even in the when was a uh, Console Wars really at its peak in the 2000s. Yeah. Early 2000s. Early 2000s. I was definitely like a part of the, the, the console war. I didn't engage, but I repped Nintendo. Definitely eased off of that as time went on. But Nintendo has just quality. Like if you look at the Mario games, the Zelda games, most of the Metroid games, mm. they have this quality you could name five mario games that could be the best game of all time arguably same with zelda and there's a pedigree and a history and to have them be used mm -hmm. and the fanfare of it i think that's just what draws people in but to me the most amazing thing about smash is it works equally well as a party game and a competitive game the 64 it was more chaotic and felt like a party game. Got competitive with Melee. But, I mean, you could play with, like, I've played with my nephews and nieces who are all younger. You could play eight-player only with, like, high rate of Pokemon balls or final smashes. <laughs> and it's just a race to see who can get the most Pokeballs. And it's it works amazingly as a party game. Mm -hmm. It works just as well as a competitive tournament type game. I was just going to say, Nintendo for me is a little bit more on the nostalgia side. I don't necessarily stick to any particular console, but I'd say Nintendo nostalgia and then their IPs, Zelda, Mario, as Monko just said, those tend to 
pull you in pretty easily. Yeah. And they keep things relatively cheap in actual price. So that's always helpful. And then Smash itself. I think there's a level of having all those characters together that makes it enjoyable. But I agree. It, it just creates some fun moments and party and both competitive. It's very balanced. And what do you think about the Switch specifically? Love the concept. Wish it had better hardware. And Nintendo cared more about its online. The Switch is amazing. Um, (laughs) The Switch has some like annoyingly glaring problems with it, but I feel like for me as someone who had, I think my daughter was just born when it was coming out, I feel like I would not be playing video games as much as I am if it wasn't for the Switch and just the power of the versatility of it and being able to put it into sleep. Like I remember... I got it and I was playing Zelda and I jumped off a cliff at lunch at work, started gliding, put it into sleep mode and was able to go home and like continue playing midair. Yeah. And like, so a big game like that where you could sink 200 hours into and being able to play it anywhere, it made it possible to play those big games. I remember before it happened, I was trying to play like a Fallout game on Xbox and it was just impossible because it felt like you needed to have a two hour chunk of time to be able to really make it worthwhile. And that was impossible. But the Switch was like a game changer for me. Um, Switch is trash. (laughs) And... uh, I feel like any game that is exclusive to a single console in this day and age is not a good thing, to be honest. In the age of Steam and whatnot, we have the ability to share and move on from the point of just exclusives, which is just a cash grab for any developer or rather hardware developer. And yeah, I I mean, in my experience of my Switch days of playing Smash is just nonstop issues of Wi-Fi, then buying a external network adapter and it not working well and And that's why you sold it i mean i I sold it just because i don't know disdain for nintendo as a whole but you love the game oh yeah i love the game i absolutely love the game i don't know man like if they uh released it on other platforms if i could pay 60 bucks to play it on steam and whatever format i wanted to use you know i would gladly pay that but yeah, I mean, it's just Nintendo's MO. It's like their their sales structure is rehashing and re-releasing same content countless times. And I have no space for that in my, in my wallet. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I love the Switch. I think it's the best console to ever come out. I honestly think the Switch is the greatest gaming device I've ever used. It's the most comfortable. It has the best graphics for what it's able to do. And I love how portable and easy it is. I think the Switch is an amazing console. I think it's highly underrated. I think people think it's weak or it underperforms. But the fact of the matter is it meets us where we're at, whether it's on the go or a friend's house. Um, It's just extremely versatile and very forward thinking. And though it's not the most powerful or glossy, I think Nintendo deserves a huge round of applause for giving us something like the Switch. Yeah, I'd have to agree. So what do you guys think makes Smash Ultimate like such an engaging game? Like what 
attracts you to the game? I think what makes Smash Bros. unique is it was the first thing, at least that I can remember, that brought all these different IPs and crossover properties into one cohesive game. Um, now we have lots of things with characters from different stories, and they're sort of this nerd fantasy come to life, come to reality, where, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants can fight Batman. But Smash was the first, to my knowledge, that even scratched that surface. John, what about you? Character variety and balance. There's no there's no broken characters. There's nothing. It's like someone in a tournament could be that's the yeah, that's the best part about it. So you can watch something hyper competitive and they could be playing with Rosalina, Luma and be playing at a top level. Uh, there is a, a tierless breakdown, but people can be competitive regardless. So yeah, that's the best part. Yeah, you're talking about ultimate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not all of them have been <laughs> as balanced as this one. Yeah, they haven't been balanced because there's no ability for over-the-air updates like there is with Switch. Right. So that's why like all the previous versions have been more or less broken. True, true, true. So I think that something about Smash Brothers that makes it so interesting is that it's incredibly easy to learn but very hard to master Mm. anybody my grandma can pick up the controller and she knows how to press down b right (laughs) but nobody very few people i should say can really do it as fast and as smooth as some of the pros yeah i'd say i don't know a lot about other fighting games but what i've gathered from a few is that smash surprisingly has one of the largest fighting game communities that i've noticed and there's the mortal Kombat side there's the tekken side and now nick's coming out with their own thing and warner brothers and everything but smash surprisingly is just stuck as the most widely viewed i feel like and i could i could be wrong i'm not going off any stats here i'm going off just my own experiences but uh no it's kind of what john said it's super competitive the people that are at the top are really good especially with ultimate there's no broken character except maybe ness with pk fire pk fire what about uh hero no i wouldn't even say hero's broken but uh really no i don't i don't think he's broken he's got some gimmicks but he's not broken character it's always exciting to watch commentary is always really good the people that are hosting it and running it all are super knowledgeable so it makes for a fun experience overall obviously brawl and melee kind of had their top tier champions that were always winning every tournament and kind of seemed that way with ultimate for a little bit but then it started to even out and it seems like one of the most well-balanced any point any person that's good at the game can win and take a tournament so yeah john can you uh, maybe talk about the culture surrounding the game and what it's all about who it consists of etc the best part about smash is the diversity of it and that the community is primarily based off the east coast and so it's like very black you know Hmm. and in like the best way possible like it brings race race yeah um which is really cool and it brings like a bunch of characters to the game that like no other competitive scene of any game has you know especially when it comes to like commentators and whatnot like there's no greater like character than like what you have in smash and it's a really cool thing all the competitors commentators everything it's just something very 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 unique that you don't have anywhere else in esports i think yeah i'm very esports involved and there's nothing that i can think of that has anywhere close to smash in terms of diversity and 
I don't know. It just brings a ton of charisma to it as well that you just don't have anywhere else. So I, I think that's like a really special thing about Smash. Yeah. Super cool. Uh, Jack, going back to the first question, what drew you to the game? Uh, I'd say the big thing that drew me to playing this version of it uh, was this group of people specifically, you know, playing soccer with them. And then they are mentioning all these different board games and video games they're sure, playing. I'm like, sure. that sounds really yeah. rad. And then, um, just hearing people talk about it at different points. I was like, I want to get, I want to try it out mm-hmm. see if it, see if I'm any good. And, uh, I like the social aspect of it. Yeah. That's a huge part of it. Um, it's the, the social aspect and this group of people, it's been really cool being able to, you know, join up even online on their online platform and being able to just play each other, you know? I, I mean, I like it. It's a great game. Uh, I think I just realized beyond this group, I'm just never going to be competitive. So I just like playing against these people. And that's, it, that's why I like you it. are competitive though, right? I get very competitive. I have to reel that in. <laughs> it's tough sometimes. Yeah, it is. The competitive aspect is quite large. You know, I think every individual being competitive really drives the game forward and is the thing that keeps bringing us together. Switching gears here a little bit. Uh, what do you guys think of the DLC characters? You like? You like them? Uh, the only thing I have to say is um, they did a bad choice picking characters for the DLCs. They're fun. I don't know if they necessarily are worth it, but I did enjoy that Banjo made it in. I thought I'd be playing him more. I didn't play him that much. I like the idea of being able to bring in new characters. They do feel a little unbalanced initially, but they seem to work themselves out. But yeah, I guess I wish they weren't as expensive as they are. Yeah, I agree. It does stink, especially when you don't know if you buy them in advance. (laughs) But Piranha Plant was free. A sort of a weird choice for a Mario character when, you know, there are so many other characters from Mario that they could have brought in. Yeah, there's a little part of me that feels like it dilutes the sacredness of the game when there's characters that seem like afterthoughts or niche and i think any added character is worth it just because it it's a whole nother character that the team obviously put a lot of time into crafting Mm -hmm. and it's just another character which is amazing i mean i don't even know how many people are in the final roster but a lot i'm half and half on it Mm -hmm. well i have a question hmm what are some of your favorite moments from your time spent with this franchise or saltiest moments? Ooh, like salty times. The rage-inducing moments. It could be either or. Yeah, I'll tell you mine. S- something memorable. The craziest time for me was after losing to a, a bitter blood match with Kingsley. The that, blood feud? That was for no reason. You were there for that, weren't you? The blood feud. I became actually depressed much like (laughs) much like people do when their team loses on a sunday they can't go to work the next day i was at the lowest of low the the day after so much so that that i practiced every day for like two to three hours a night i remember until the next tournament that was 30 to 40 days later and i came back (laughs) (laughs) and i beat everyone literally everyone which i've never done before Except for the final person who was Tom, obviously, who's the best amongst us. And Did you take any stock off him at least? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it was sort of close. He, he had like two to three dudes left and I had none. Damn. Hell hath no fury like Steven scorned. It felt really good. It felt really good. But Walking. I'll never forget the, the, it was like the lowest of lows and the highest of I highs. remember. Yeah. That was crazy. I was very upset. 
one time a mutual friend of ours named Brandon, who plays the game once every three years, <laughs> snagged Yoshi and beat all these guys for the entire night. Didn't lose once. I'll throw Brandon right back in there. Him playing Donkey Kong and just like what we would call in the gaming world, just a masher. And I don't know, he just like beat us and we all played consistently and competitively and he just dove right in and played Donkey Kong and smoked us, you know, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. I have a salty moment. The COVID tournament, I believe it was, where we ended, I think John, Haddad and I played at Trevor's house for the final and I lost to a consecutive PK fire blast that wow, held me bells. held me perfectly still for a very long time and then i was sent off the uh, level that one still hurts i think i came in third i'm pretty sure john and haddad played for the final still bitter over that one uh, one of my favorite moments was the first ultimate tournament where we did squad strike i think it was squad strike yeah and the final was a 5v5 squad strike and i was playing haddad and my uh villager took down three and a half of his characters and it was a beautiful moment that, that happened that was a sad time for me the worst part about tournaments is it's live it was my birthday yes and i had on my birthday i had gone through the winner's bracket undefeated and hendrix came up so i actually from the losers bracket from the losers bracket and we were playing the squad strike yeah and i had i think almost I'm going to say at least four of my characters of the five left. And Henrix was down to like his last guy, which was like Villager and owned me. Uh, Villager was my second character. And owned me. And owned him. He killed like four, <laughs> four of my Although, guys with Villager. I will say after he killed Villager, it got kind of close, but not close enough that I lost because I still won. Because he killed Bowser. <laughs> I've gotten in second place on like three of our five tournaments and then third place and I can never win. It's pretty infuriating. <laughs> I win a lot when we play online, but when we get to tournaments and it's live. Yeah, it's super different. <laughs> it's way different. So I, that's why I keep finishing like second, second. Yeah. Can you explain the difference between in-person and online playing? In-person online is slightly different because online there's a little bit of like an input lag. It's not actually as noticeable if you only do online, but once you go live, your reactions and the, how quick you hit the buttons is definitely noticeable. It throws you off. Uh, it throws timing you off. Timing is everything. On that. Yes, and timing is everything. And that's why I think online I do well because that's all I do. But like when I play you live, I have a much harder time playing Steven live because you play a lot. Of, yes. A lot more live. I think that your hands are probably quicker than mine. So <laughs> I don't even know how you would gauge that. That's so weird. But, you know, ultimately... It doesn't even matter if you play cheesy characters like Little Man. Cheesy characters. And the number one cheesy, cheesy character cheesy. is Ness. <laughs> Ness is the worst character. <laughs> because he does this thing where, oh, I'm losing. PK Fire! 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 Okay, you're at 70%. <laughs> yeah. I feel like every bracket I've played in, I somehow run into Haddad or Tom. Okay. We've mentioned Tom a few times. Um, what is it about Tom that makes him so good? Tom's laying low, practicing the best characters at any given time, I feel like. <laughs> and Haddad is just, you know, I'll say it, man. He's just, he's talent playing with unique characters. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Like his goddamn Incineroar. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a nightmare and it feels unbeatable. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's true. But Tom... That's why there was once uh, I think I played him and he's playing Joker and I was just furious 
And then he played uh, We Fit and uh, he smoked me and it was cool and I loved it. And <laughs> that's like the beauty of it. <laughs> Trevor, who do you think is the best Smash player in this group of people? Who do I think the best Smash player in my group of friends is? Um, I hate this question because... <laughs> I just, I hate saying it out loud. <laughs> I guess if I had to say, it would be my friend Tom Stamper. He doesn't win all the time, but he seems to be the most genuinely versatile and flexible player. Uh, I think most of my other friends that win often, including myself, often use one or two characters and get into more of a cheese space. And uh, Tom seems to always surprise me. Mm-hmm. Well, Tom seems to be the consensus that he's the best of us, and uh, here is Tom to talk about that. He recorded this whilst he was driving, and I'm so glad that I got him to talk about uh, his love for the game. He is going to talk about some game history, as well as the PR history behind Smash Hype, before he talks about his secret to success. I think you can hear how experienced and knowledgeable that he is about the game. So here's Tom. Hey, this is Tom. I have been a Super Smash Brothers player for the uh, entire run of the series. So I, I did receive Super Smash Brothers for the N64 in 1999. Main was uh, the legendary Pikachu. Pikachu! Did skip Melee, but I uh, played that plenty over at uh, friends' homes. But that's probably really where I got into Smash a lot. You know, I didn't own Melee, but I was starting to get really uh, kind of obsessed with it. I was kind of shocked that Peach and Zelda uh, Ice Climbers were in the game, and Ganondorf, Bowser. And uh, as we would spend our nights playing Melee, uh, between 2001 and 2007, 2008, I believe, is when Brawl came out. When Brawl's uh, PR started to pick up is probably when I really started to get the hype of Smash Brothers. And I think the whole world, Nintendo gaming world, really started to understand what Smash Brothers was. I think that PR campaign of Super Smash Bros. Brawl coming out in 2008, uh, where they would drop one nugget of information about the game per night on the weekdays. We would set the alarm for 12 a.m. midnight and see what the nugget was. And, and I don't really recall every little piece, uh, obviously, but uh, I will say the highlight of that was Sonic the Hedgehog. I do remember seeing him loading slowly onto the screen and we all kind of jaws dropped. So that was a big moment for Smash Brothers and Nintendo, obviously. I think that kind of changed the game and just in terms of gaming in general. Drip feeding information up until the game came out. Here's these third party characters. It's not just about Nintendo's first party marketing, first party million seller characters anymore. It's about gaming in general. But they really started to hone in on directs. Um, I probably would say, yeah, Super Smash Brothers was maybe one of the top proponents of Nintendo directs as we see them today. Uh, it's a way to deliver this information in a different type of social media style than previous. And then, hey, guess what? We're in these new online ages. We're going to have DLC. And that was a whole different type of hype train from even the original Wii U PR. 
uh, you see Cloud, Bayonetta. They bring back some of the older characters that kind of didn't make the regular roster, like Mewtwo from the uh, Melee days. It's a big thing. And that leads me to Ultimate, right? Super Smash Bros. Ultimate for Switch has become the the ultimate PR piece. I would say any gaming developer, publisher was ears open to get that call from Nintendo or even Sakurai. And so, and then you see the DLC Joker hasn't even made his debut on a Nintendo system before. Joker's uh, full hype from the PS5 crew. Minecraft Steve. Uh, the number one selling game. He's in Smash Brothers. Sora obviously was a huge, huge deal getting Disney, Disney's logo you know, and the copyright of Super Smash Brothers. You see the word Disney. It's kind of insane. I think Smash Brothers is probably the ultimate PR piece. It's not going away. Every time a game comes out, Sakurai waffles and says, I'm not going to make another one. I'm done. Or this time after older me, he kind of said, I can't see this title existing without me. But also, I don't think Ultimate can ever exist again. So we'll see what the next iteration is in the next eight years, I bet. I don't think we'll see Smash Brothers for eight years. So it's a -a one-of-a-kind game. It's a -a one-of-a-kind IP, even though it comes from all sorts of different IPs. But I'll say, you know, maybe I focus on the uh, idea of Smash too much versus who I am as a smasher. But it's in my blood. I've been playing for 20 plus years. I wouldn't say I'm a competitive guy, even though I do follow the scene. I do watch major tournaments. I do know probably more about competitive players than maybe the rest of the other people on on the show today. I would say my mains are different from every game. They're different. So I have love for everybody. I would say I'm pretty well-versed with everybody, or at least half the roster. There's 80 plus characters now. So at least half the roster I do feel comfortable with, and the guests on the podcast could probably attest to. They've been beaten by me with a lot of different characters that I've played along the years. So, give me random, I guess, but I'll say, you know, currently for Ultimate, a Wii Fit Trainer. Wii Fit Trainer! Somehow is a comfort zone Joker. Joker! Incineroar. Incineroar! Someone who I found later as the game developed, and yeah, he might not be a high-tier character, but he does feel comfortable for me, so uh, that's all that matters, really. I guess I'll leave it at that. I thought it was an intriguing idea to get the uh, PR side of Smash and the uh, the legacy Smash leaves on the uh, gaming industry as a whole, and not just myself. And I'll say this, if people think I, <laughs> you know, the other guests think I play a ton, you know, I... I'm a father of three. I play when I can. It's the easiest game to just throw on and play for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. But honestly, don't play a lot of online. Play a lot of computer, to be honest. And it's not the best way to play, I'd say. I'd rather play in person. But if they think I've been playing for tons and tons of hours, and that's why I kicked their butt so badly, you can continue to let them believe that if it makes them feel better. I uh, could say pretty confidently it doesn't make me feel better. Um, But thank you, Tom, for coming on and talking about all that. You're a wellspring of knowledge. Brian, thanks for uh, talking so much. Every once in a while. (laughs) Do you have anything else to say about Smash? Yeah, it's a fun game. Fun for everyone. No, yeah, Smash Ultimate's a fine game. I would play it if I had people to play with, but I don't. I think one of the 
cool parts of Smash on like a very fundamental level is it's like when you're kids and you're like, dude, who would win in a fight? King Kong or Godzilla or Werewolf or Frankenstein. It's now you're like, who would win in a fight? Link or Piranha Plant? It is so fun to sit in a room with your real friends playing a game where you can see things happening in real time and there's just no excuses. You see someone fly off the screen and everyone knows they made a mistake. I love nothing more than hitting somebody with what looks like uh, thrusting penis with <laughs> Luigi. <laughs> it's kind of like playing as the New York Yankees. You're picking the best. Thanks for having me on the cast. You know, I really appreciate it. And the time and the platform to just talk about a game that means a whole lot to me. This game, as you can hear in this podcast, means a lot to a lot of people and is a game that is timeless and we will all return to time and time again. Thank you, everyone, for being part of this, and I'll play you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is Monko. Thank you. Signing out. <laughs> Emulate Switch. Steal it. Play Alternative Methods. Project M. Fuck Nintendo. <laughs> I love you, dudes, and I'm going to freaking kill you next time we play. Well, everyone's talked about their main characters. Stephen, who do you main? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Um, I main Cloud. Cloud! Ike. Ike! Uh, I force myself to get good with Mewtwo. Mewtwo! Because he's my favorite Pokemon character. And then I have a bunch of other like people that I use sometimes, but... Do you um, ever bust out the Pikachu against you know, your brother? Or yes. In your mind? Yeah, I kill him. Yeah, every time he hates ultimate for that reason oh really yeah does he ever like try to be like steven we should play the original game <laughs> <laughs> yes all the time i still have my nintendo 64 so we we do bust it out every now and that's then. a good console it's a great con it might be my favorite the switch is also really great potentially the most iconic controller of all time with yeah. that awkward like three I lo- legs i love it i love it they just re-released it for the switch actually really yeah uh, wireless version anyway this has been another episode of our podcast but yeah another video game episode in the books yes on the anniversary of the game and the anniversary of the attack on pearl harbor (laughs) and their dad little mac there's characters that are great and that you can just really be offensive Offensive both in the offense sense of the word, but also offensive personally. (laughs) (laughs) Think about Mario. Anyone that's like a primary Nintendo character, i.e. Mario, Link, I don't know. I give respect to them. (laughs) Because they're all OG. They're not these cheese characters that are a little OP. No, it's because he's only good if you're extremely good at the game. He's not like the user-friendly character, i.e. Little 